Hello, and welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines. With the annual American Society for Virology meeting coming up in less than one week, we are talking with students and postdoctoral researchers who will be attending the meeting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, My name's Tarun. I'm from Draper, Utah, which is just like 20 minutes south of Salt Lake City. I just graduated from high school, actually. Um, and I'm headed to Stanford next fall, and I'm probably going to study biomedical computation there. And besides that, um, I've been involved in research, like science research, for around four years now, ranging in different fields of epidemiology, and it's something that I've grown to be very interested in and something that I hope to keep doing in the future. Okay, great. And can you tell us a little bit about sort of when your interest in science first started? Like, for example, do you have people in your family that do science? Was it a teacher, a class? How did you get interested? Um, Growing up, I was pretty involved in competition math. So that's like you just like a lot of problem solving. And I got a lot of experience with that when I was growing up through middle school and some of it through high school. Though when I was entering high school, I wanted to find a way to continue my love for problem solving, but in a way that I could actually solve real world problems. And so I kind of discovered um, mathematical modeling um, and was gained interest in it pretty fast. And from there, I just sort of reached out to different professors that were working in math modeling at my local university and asked if I could have an opportunity to learn from them or one of their graduate students. And luckily, the math biology group um, here at University of Utah was um, was able to offer me the opportunity to work with a graduate student there. And I guess I just started getting really interested in the applications of math modeling to such things as infectious diseases um, and was able to independently explore all the different opportunities to um, model these different diseases and and apply to save lives. And that's what really got me going. Um, In terms of my family, my my sister, my older sister um, was involved in research as well, though, though, we are diff- interested in very different fields. She was the one who really got me interested to um, apply that problem-solving knowledge to solving problems, and and through the whole like scientific research experience in general, got me interested in that. And I guess that's that that's what has inspired me to continue moving forward because um, we always love to talk to each other about our research and and what our newest findings were, um, and push each other to move forward. So. Yeah, I mean, it was a combination of those two things that that really helped me get into research and made me want to keep moving forward in it. Um, and I guess, you know, sort of being in high school and doing research, how, how did you balance sort of those two kind of competing things? I mean, as a lot of our listeners know, uh, research can be very time consuming and it's a full time job for a lot of us. So how did you balance sort of doing that in high school? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good question. So um, initially, like it was just sort of I would go to um, school at the normal hours and then make my way up to my local university um, and meet with one of the PIs that I was working with at the time um, and get to work independently. Um, Luckily, I had a lot of space to kind of work around my own schedule with my research. um, And I was able to work on it whenever I wasn't doing something that needed to take higher priority from school. Um, And from there, I, I think I just like sort of found a way to balance my time between different extracurriculars that were related to school, like sports and leadership positions within clubs at school and doing research because um, eventually like research became more of like something I could do to relax because I was actually genuinely interested. Um, and when I needed a break from from my history class, to, for example, 
um, I would move over to read a paper or something or just work on my, my project just because um, I found it sort of relaxing. So that was what I was able to do throughout high school. I would say like it got a bit more challenging during such times as like college applications where obviously like that's like strict deadlines needs to be done like immediately. Um, but I also had like stuff that I needed to do for research. So there, like I had to like really learn how to balance my time and like plan strict schedules for myself because I had these deadlines that I was facing. Um, but I think like in my, my PIs that I was working with were always very understanding of, of the schedule because I was in high school and they understood these challenges. Um, and so that really helped me a lot to kind of make progress in both high school and, and research. Great. So can you tell us a little bit about then the research that you did? So how did you sort of develop um, sort of project and then maybe some of the work that you did and some of the main findings that you're going to present in your poster? Sure, sure. So um, I kind of started with this project with dengue fever um, in my freshman year of high school. And as I mentioned, that was when I started discovering more about math modeling. Um, and my PI at the time, he gave me some papers to read about modeling infectious diseases and kind of gave me the task to create my own full project that I could work on, um, ask them for advice and just keep working on for a longer period of time. And then I discovered dengue fever. Um, I didn't know much about it at the time, though my entire extended family is from Malaysia. Um, and that's a place where dengue fever is highly prevalent, obviously. And so um, I knew about it from that. But then I started to read about like kind of the work that um, other epidemiologists were doing to model dengue fever with with different math models. And I got really interested in it. And I wanted to find a way that I could contribute in my own way to like the growing area of research that was in like just like vector disease models. And so eventually, like I, I started like forming my fully fleshed out project, which was at, at the start, just finding a way to create a basic model for dengue fever and learn the, the dynamics of that model and all the technical skills that go into it. Um, and so that was like my project for a year or a year and a half. And then um, what I really started discovering was the need for early detection um, and like surveillance and like passive surveillance and, and things like that, that could really make a difference for like health organizations to monitor how dengue fever was growing over time um, and implement like different strategies to control it ahead of time. So then I started reading into like early detection and um, kind of combine the two of math modeling and early detection to discover like ways that those could be combined to form like a trustworthy surveillance method, a trustworthy early detection method. Um, and then from there, I kind of um, just kind of just read more about the model, read more about early detection. And the type of model that I use is actually quite famous, obviously the S SIR S and extensions of that, um, that kind of compartmental model that splits up populations, uses differential equations. Um, and for this project that I've worked on for, um, presenting at the conference, um, and you'll see this in my poster, I kind of combined that SIR model with more climate variability. So aspects of climate that could have an influence on vector populations um, and was able to model that two different ways, like the climate variability, um, just to explore which one would lead to uh, higher accuracy in tracking past outbreaks and future outbreaks. And I would say like, um, though I could, started the project four years ago, the main motivation that I had to continue it into my senior year of high school, three or four years later, uh, and why I saw that it was clearly a very pressing issue to continue is because of um, the 2019 to 2020 dengue epidemic, which a lot of people don't know about because those were kind of the exact years that coincided with COVID. Um, and something that's really interesting is there was like an extreme growth in several locations around the world 
um, especially in Latin America, Central America, which weren't which were places that weren't really prepared for a larger outbreak, but face one and and um, an unprecedented amount of deaths as well. But as well as areas in Asia that traditionally face outbreaks and were more prepared for it, but not one of this magnitude. So something that kind of played a role in my study this year was studying how increased susceptibility in combination with the climate um, and the dynamics of the SIR model could play a role in in predicting those outbreaks that occur in the 2019 to 2020 epidemic and could help us move forward. So that was a larger component of my study as well, was, is finding how the magnitude of increased susceptibility may play a role. So over time, um, I would say like my journey with this project was just finding new things I could add to the SIR model, um, to climate variability, to increase like the accuracy of how I was tracking these outbreaks. Expanding to new locations was also a big part of it because of Central America and the situation that's happening there. So yeah, I mean, that that was kind of how I got interested in the project and how I moved it forward. And um, yeah, you'll definitely see a lot of what I just talked about in my poster uh, at the conference. Great, great. And we look forward to that. Um, and can you actually reflect a little bit? So since you're just finishing up high school, what has it been like for you during the COVID pandemic? So that obviously must have had a big impact. And it's not sort of a traditional way to finish out high school. So how has it been for you this past like year and a half? Um, the way that my high school personally did it was for around like when the pandemic started in March of 2020, everything went fully virtual, obviously. So um, at the time, I would say it was a really big switch for me, um, given that I was also expecting it to last for like a month maximum. Uh, so I was just like, OK, this is a temporary change. Um, for now, I, I can just find a way to work around it with research and going into the lab and, and everything that I was doing right before the pandemic hit. Um, and I thought that, okay, in a month, I'll, I should be able to go back to this. Um, in terms of like my high school workload, I would say like at the start, the teachers, um, and I would say this is more general of like the entire high school population, the teachers started to take the workload a bit easier just to ease into things. Um, but that was obviously at the beginning of the pandemic. And then summer came. And during that summer, I had a lot of time to think about college applications because that was what I was supposed to be um, thinking about at the time. Uh, and how I would plan that out, given that my school may be virtual going into the next year as well. And luckily, like I, I because I was um, expecting that to be true, it was my school was going to go virtual and it ended up being true. I had like kind of like a plan for what I needed to do with college applications. And um, there were still like a lot of research, like different high school like competitions that were taking place, though virtually that I, that I wanted to enter. Um, and the thing about my research is that like, especially with this project that I presenting at the conference is a lot of it can be done without like going into the lab. And especially not, I have like the, the knowledge to like fully run the, the methods and everything. I was able to do a lot of it just like sitting at my desk, like I am right now. Um, and luckily, like when I needed more access for research, my PIs were very available virtually to meet um, and like look over like my abstracts, my manuscripts and stuff like that, that I was, that I was submitting to these different places. So that was really helpful on the research side um, and things kind of uh, though at, at sometimes they were a bit difficult just because like I had access to better computers and better things at the lab where I, where I would go in from time to time when it was when the pandemic wasn't there. Um, I still found a way to like go persevere through them and work around um, and still was I'm, I'm still like happy with where I was able to get with my research during the pandemic. Um, but on the side of high school, I would say like it was very difficult just 
um, on a non-academic side to see like my final year of high school kind of be completely different from what I was expecting when I was growing up and like going through high school. Um, but I guess over time, like I learned to accept that I wouldn't have those same experiences that maybe my older sister had and she would talk about or just anybody else that I knew and what I was expecting in my head. Um, and I kind of took it to just like as a way to start thinking more about like my future beyond high school and what I wanted to do, um, study in college or like just like have more time to research into these different opportunities that were offered at colleges when I was looking into what to apply to and everything. Um, and I would say like, I'm pretty grateful that I had that chance to do that because I don't know if I would have done that otherwise, if I was like going into school every day, um, like going to all these events that I was supposed to host and, and stuff like that. And so I would say like, that's, that's kind of the effect it had on me. Um, and I, I, like, it was just like me. And even when my school went back into like a hybrid mode, um, it was still like very different from what I was used to, but I, um, was able to kind of just still continue with the things I was just talking about with research and, and, um, college applications and stuff like that. And why don't you tell us a little bit about, so you're going to be heading to Stanford in the fall. What are you thinking about for your future? So what are you wanting to research? Where do you see yourself say in five, 10 years? What do you want to do? Um, I would say like over time, a lot of my research, like I mentioned, is focused um, within epidemiology, like different, diff anything that like kind of covers public health and public health issue combined with some sort of computational aspect. And I would say like over time, my interests have gotten even more broad um, up to that point. And that's kind of what I've is always uh, what I what I find now to be really interesting. Um, and so like when I move, when I go to college, like I've already been looking into different labs that are at Stanford um, that. I would be interested to work with or um, just different opportunities in general, though. I think what I want to do uh, in a more general scheme for my future is find a way to combine my interest in, in math modeling, in data science and, and other of those technical like CS aspects with medicinal problems that exist like public health and more like focused in the biological and chemical realms and uh, molecular, I should say. And so from there, I think what I want to do moving forward is probably pursue kind of like a pre-med track throughout um, throughout my undergraduate years so that I can have that more general knowledge of like those medicinal aspects that um, are required to start to research in those kinds of fields and also continue researching um, in these different technical fields in like math modeling, uh, data science, and, and just more generally growing my skills in that area so that I'm able to combine those when moving past my undergraduate years. So I would say in like five, 10 years, like I would hope to attend like medical school um, or like an MD PhD program that allows me to combine those two fields that I really love and continue researching and, and making a difference in public health or just like epidemiology as a whole. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, that's always what I've seen. Obviously that's totally subject to change because I, I know like everybody changes a lot through their undergraduate years and just through education in general. Uh, but that's what I see myself doing right now, I would say. All right. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you. This has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Backright. Thanks for listening.